0: I'm Morgan, I'm Odette, and I'm Madeline, and, and we, we love Christian fiction. We love it so much that we wanted to talk about it on a podcast. Each episode, we will read classics of the genre or new releases and discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join us.
1: Hello, hello hey, everyone. Welcome to episode one of Redeeming Love. First
0: episode. Our, so oh,
1: exciting. So exciting. Inaugural. Thank you for joining yes. us. Inaugural, Inaugural. Such a good episode. word. Yes. Inaugural. Yes. Wow, so exciting. And today we're starting our podcast off with a very well-known Christian fiction book. Yes. Redeeming, Redeeming Love. Love. Yes. We're so excited. Um, so yeah, we're going to dive into that book today and
0: yes. talk through what's going on. But um, there's three of us here. Let's yes. talk about who we are for yeah. just a second. Um, so Why don't you start? Yeah, I'll start. <laughs> the voice. <laughs> <laughs> Names to the voices. Um, wow. My name is Madeline, um, and I love Christian fiction. I've been reading Christian fiction for a long time. It has definitely defined who I am. There's like books that I could name off that just changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, the one we're about to talk about is definitely one of them. <laughs> um, currently, I read whenever I can, but I have a baby, so sometimes I don't get to read as much as I would like to. Um, I'm married, I have a baby, and um, yeah, that's that's me. Uh, my sister, Morgan, you go next. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm Morgan, and Madeline and I have very similar voices, so probably, yeah, we as <laughs> we're listening to this, yeah, become, like, become familiar which, uh... as you listen and
1: join us on this journey of Christian fiction. <laughs> Try to pinpoint who's talking. Which talking, sister is talking. yes.
0: Um, but anyways, I have been, I'm a huge reader. Um, I've been reading Christian fiction since I was very um, young. It was kind of the, f- one of the first um, things that I started reading after I'd kind of, like, read all of the kids' books that I was interested in, and I was looking for something a little bit more challenging. Do you remember your first Christian fiction book that I you read? I do. I do. I remember it. It was um, called, or it is called, it's still a book, it exists, um, Return to Harmony, and it was by Jeanette Oak and T. Davis Fun. and it was just, like, a short little book, but my Nana handed it to me, and I read it, and I loved it, and I was like, oh, there's there's a this. whole world out <laughs> there. <laughs> boys and girls like each other. What is this? Um, I was probably nine.
1: <laughs> and- <laughs> That's the prime age
0: to right. think, like boys and girls like each other. They like, don't what? have kids. Oh my <laughs>
1: goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, but anyway,
0: so that like totally jump started this this love um, for me. And I I'm also married. I have two young children. I have a two year old and a nine month old. Um, but because I'm absolutely obsessed with reading, I usually I'm like anytime that they are occupied with television or playing in another room <laughs> if I don't have laundry to do I'm reading so <laughs>
1: there you go <laughs> gotta make time for it Madeline what was your first Christian fiction book do you remember uh,
0: okay I I was thinking about it when Morgan was talking I really I can't remember the first one that I picked up but I do feel like it was something by Jeanette Oak either Love Comes Softly or one of the Wind Calls the Heart, that Canadian West saga series. We have um, a lot of those in our, like, yes, home Yes, because we library. have them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so That's I'm, also I'm a TV sure.
1: show on Netflix now, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. It is. I get, you say it like it's new. It's not new. Well, <laughs> oh, it's because it just came up. it like like 13 <laughs> now. She said, "Yeah, yeah there's like yes. 51 seasons yeah. or something." 51. So <laughs> I said 13. Years, Don't offend the Hardys. Do not. Offend oh, the is Hardys. that what you
1: call yourself if you're a, a fan Mm-mm. of When Calls the Heart?
0: Yes, it's like a whole group. The, Hard- I the Hardys. Hardys. I did not know that. The Hardee's Different like Hardys. Different, Hardys, Hardys, like, different than, different than like when Hardys, Hardys. The Hardys. restaurant is different. Right. What? Or Carl's Jr., depending on where you are. Right. <laughs> oh, is Carl's Jr. the same thing as Hardy? Yeah. Yes. It's the same thing. Oh, do they even have the
1: same stars? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. that's like the East Coast versus yeah, like the yeah, middle yeah. of I the think country? So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I'm Odette, the last voice here. That doesn't really sound, I don't think, a whole lot like Madeline and Morgan. I'm not a sister, but a dear, dear friend. I've known... Morgan, we're celebrating twenty years of this year of being friends, right? Oh, congratulations! So <laughs> we're definitely doing something. I think we're gonna get engraved jewelry. I haven't decided what yet. Ooh, um, but treat I, <laughs> I treat yourself. Treat <laughs> yourself. 2011 will be 2022. That's right. <laughs> um, So yeah, um, I've been reading Christian fiction. Wow, as well. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to say. Christian fiction as well. Also, you'll no- notice that I talk fast, especially when I get excited, so buckle up for my segments. Um, well, um, anyway, so I've been reading Christian fiction for a long time. And actually, when I was a kid, my mom always struggled reading, so we were homeschooled for a very long time. And she wanted us to be able to be good readers, because she felt like that was kind of something that handicapped her throughout her life. So anyways, when I was really little, so my brother could barely talk, my younger brother, and we, would, we learned how to read. Um, So in third grade, I tested at a 12th grade reading level. So reading has always been a part of my um, experience, especially as a child. And I read, like, people remember shows from childhood, but I remember books. Um, And I think the first Christian fiction that I read was the Mandy series. Uh Really good. I think it was Lois...
0: Gladys, Gladys Lepard. Yeah. Lepard or, or something like something
1: that. Like yeah, that. Um, she. I loved her books. Leopard. I think they're, yeah, Leopard. I
0: always said it, Leopard. I don't know said that's it, accurate. But.
1: but anyways, yeah, I really liked it, and I remember being captured by the story and how it felt like it was. They were safe to read, um, and then as an adult, you know, I've done different um, genres, but I really still really enjoy Christian fiction, and I don't read as much as I should. But I don't have kids. I'm single. But I think that sometimes it's easy to get caught up in. And I think that us prepping for this podcast when Morgan had the idea for us to chat about Christian fiction together and make it into a podcast, um, I think I really rediscovered uh, my love of reading and Christian Yay. fiction. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyways, so I, I think it would be helpful if we gave an overview for the listeners about um, the book itself. So Morgan is going to read the back cover Of redeeming love, because we feel like that's a good summation, not in our own words, of course. Yes. um, Probably in the marketing team for redeeming lit. (laughs) For Redeeming love. Wow. Redeeming lit is our podcast. This is redeeming love. We do not (laughs) have a marketing department.
0: Well, I I do. We sort of do with you. That's true. Well, because I work in marketing. marketing. She's a one-woman show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to read the back cover copy. California's gold country. 1850, a time when men sold their souls for a bag of gold, and women sold their bodies for a place to sleep. Angel expects nothing from men but betrayal. Sold into prostitution as a child, she survives by keeping her hatred alive. And what she hates most are the men who use her, leaving her empty and dead inside. Then she meets Michael Hosea, a man who seeks his father's heart and everything. Michael obeys God's call to marry Angel and to love her unconditionally slowly day by day he defies angel's every bitter expectation until despite her resistance her frozen heart begins to thaw mm-hmm. but with her unexpected softening comes overwhelming feelings of unworthiness and fear and so angel runs back to the darkness away from her husband's pursuing love terrified of the truth she no longer can deny her final healing must come from the one who loves her even more than michael does the one who will never let her go A powerful retelling of the book of Hosea, Redeeming Love is a life-changing story of God's unconditional, redemptive, all-consuming love. Wow. Really powerful.
1: Ooh, it <clears throat> better than I could have said it. I know, right? nailed it. <laughs> um, also, we would like to say that this um, is the first of a two-part, we felt like, because yes. Re- Redeeming Love is such a long book, and it's so deep, and it's so, so, rich. Yeah. And it's so full of, yeah, a chunker. You should say that about your son. <laughs> he,
0: he still is a chunker. He was really a, a chunker. old, yeah. <laughs> um, it's 464 pages.
1: Exactly. So we decided to split it up. So this podcast will be part one of Redeeming Love, and we're going to be talking about Child of Darkness, known as the prologue. And also defiance. defiance. Yes, the first two. Yes, yeah. so the first two sections um, through Mm-mm. one page, page one eighty-seven. 87 um, mm-hmm. is and then, um, in our part two, we will be talking about the uh, page one eighty-seven. Eighty-eight. To, the end. to through the end. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're really excited and we're just going to kind of dive in and you'll hear our thoughts and ideas and kind of what we glean from it. Um, But yes. I think before we dive in, we should give it a rating because I think that would help Ooh, yes. the listeners yeah. understand that. our filter. So right. if you could give it stars between one and five, obviously one being like, mm, and five being like, dun, da, da, dun. Yes. Could you talk us through kind of what your, your thoughts are for it? Yes,
0: absolutely. First of all, are you guys both on? I know Madeline is. Are you on Goodreads, Odette? No.
1: Um, I n- learned about Goodreads from you when we were planning this podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, okay. But my point is I did give it a star rating on Goodreads. What was um, your star rating on Goodreads then? Well, yeah, it's the same okay. thing that I'm about to say. So I gave it a four. Four stars. Do I need to explain why? Or like go into a little bit of detail? Yeah. If you okay. want to give a little bit of yes. detail, I think so that would So I think yeah. it's, it is beautifully written, brilliantly oh crafted. God. There were a couple of two or three moments where I was, part of it could have been because we were doing this podcast and I was focusing so much, but I was kind of pulled out of the story. And there were a couple of things that for me as a reader, I was like, this feels almost problematic. Mm. And... I so that's why you gave, so it, a why gave and, it a four. So that's why I gave it a four. And
1: you can call out those moments, I think, yeah, as, yeah, yeah. We're as we're discussing. discussing, I will. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, a four stars is still really no, good.
0: No, because it is. It's it's brilliantly written, beautifully crafted, such a good story that draws you in very much so. Yeah. What about you, Madeline? <clears throat> what would you give <clears throat> it? I think, I mean, to me, this book has pretty much everything that I want from the genre. Um, <clears throat> I, I feel like... A four point three. Oh wow wow wow! Because I'm like my Imagine. principles aren't gonna let four and a half. Let's say four and a half. Okay. Um, my oh. principles aren't gonna let me like give it a five star rating because nothing's perfect. nothing's perfect. But I do think this book comes pretty close. Um, but I agree with Morgan that there there are some things in the story that I don't know. It's just some things that made me think, or I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. some things where I'm like, mm, how do I feel about that? Mm-hmm. And there's just a couple things that like, I don't know if they pulled me from the story in the same way that you were talking, but just kind of like maybe lessened it slightly mm-hmm. from a five. Yes. If yeah. it had been a five, you yes. know, Yeah. <clears throat> if that makes sense. No, totally. Yes. I think I would also give it a 4.5. I, I was going to give it a
1: five, but I, I do agree that like, it's not even me being critical because i have a very positive outlook on life i'm sure you'll hear that throughout these podcasts but i think that for me when i think about it it moved me in such a deep way and like so i never read this book until we decided to do this podcast and this was the first um, book honestly i i'd heard about it when i was a kid but it didn't really seem like something i'd be into i don't know why specifically i just never really Picked it up, um, but I was literally so moved. I actually read it twice in a seventy-two hour period, and I literally couldn't put it down. It and I've not been. It's been a very long time since I've been so captured by a story. Yeah. Um, and I also really loved how it paralleled so. Because we had recently, we're also in a Bible study together. Um, I swear we yes. do other things <laughs> not together, but we not, also love hanging out together. Not much though, honestly. Honestly. Yeah. Um, But we were just um reading as she reads truth um hosea the um bible study so i feel like it was that was fresh in my mind so i don't know if that's why part of the reason why it captured me so deeply but also i just kept wanting to see how she was going to tell the story i think because the context of this and that's what i really appreciated about the book is i feel like i had a frame of reference beyond the back of like if you've read hosea you understand the tension that the hosea and gomer go through and that like pool of the darkness and the pull of the light and everything. So I think for me, it was such a beautifully told story. And also, I think I felt like it was real because I think sometimes you read the Bible stories and they feel so distant. But for some reason, the story set in the 1850s oh felt yeah. more real to me, even though I'm not <laughs> yes, anywhere close to you being alive in the 1850s. I think that it like... Although, t- I mean, it's much closer than b- biblical times. percent, especially <laughs> Old Testament biblical times. Yeah, so no, that's true. I've, I think for me, that's why I would give it a 4.5 as well because I was just captured by the story and there was a few moments I would agree where I was like wow I didn't expect that or like oh I feel like that was an unnecessary three chapters or something yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. um but anyway so I'll call those out too so yeah I feel like we can uh
0: this was also published in 1997 the book was so that's I mean over 20 years ago right Yes. yes. Yeah, that's over twenty. Because twenty seventeen would have been twenty years. So then, that mm-hmm. to me is mm-hmm. also yeah. Very There's much some like dated. Yes. Things. Dated things. Even as the author, even though she was writing historical fiction, probably there is like. Some things that you could get away with saying and doing oh, yeah, in a book sure. in 1997 that in 2022 people you would, would be like not you'd you you know, be canceled. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You and be can- <laughs> well, nobody is canceling Francine Rivers. No, no. I'm I just want to like, say that no, 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 right now. That's <laughs> not <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm,
1: I'm saying that that like it tends to be a little bit
0: harder we sometimes. We love you, Francine. Oh, we do. We love We're you, very Francine. Excited. You're amazing. Well, Ugh.
1: Also, I think, too, before we dive in, one thing to note is that <clears throat> this was the first Christian fiction book she wrote. So her being a yes, romance yes. author. Yeah, she
0: was a romance author in the secular market. Yeah. Um, and then got saved. Yes. And yeah. then didn't write at all for a little while. I was reading her. Did you read that in the, like, when she talked about it, there's in the back of the book.
1: Oh, no, I didn't read that, but I did re- read a Christianity Today article, and she basically oh, said not, the same I mean, thing. It was probably the same yeah.
0: thing, yeah. She was like, what inspired the <coughs> right book? Her yeah, mm-hmm. church was doing a Bible study yes. on Hosea. And then she was like, This is the story I want this to be tell. So a This great was story. the first <laughs> book after she'd been writing romance for the yeah. quote unquote secular market. So yeah. I do think that there's lots of those. Um, I have that as, as one of my notes, actually. There's lots of notes of, um, like, you can kind of track mm-hmm. patterns of this is what you would see. Like, romance novels have a very specific kind of arc. And no matter what, like, it's just that's just what people who read romance novels and in the genre that's kind of what you expect and so you see that Um, and so I actually found it super interesting reading the book to track like oh okay you can tell she wrote romance or like ooh this really deviated from what a stereotypical romance arc would be because I saw a couple of examples of both yes um Do you
1: think it could almost be, like, her redeeming that genre for herself? Whoa, (laughs) bring it all back around. I'm just saying, I feel like that's something I took from it, is, like, for her, it may have been a redemptive book to write, because she could actually bring this newfound love for Christ into her Protality. writing versus before yes. exactly versus before it was like this thing that she did for yes. money and probably you know because she it, it seemed to come naturally I mean you can't write like this and it not come naturally no or, like
0: there's no way this is the first book that you're ever putting no, out ever like there's definitely. so much skill in this Absolutely. oh my god she's such a skilled
1: writer yes. and she's All written so many this. amazing books even after but I think that that's something that I thought a lot about is this could since this is her entrance Absolutely. an inaugural book into Christian fiction that mm-hmm. it, it could be tied to her own personal journey of redeeming that genre that she used to love writing yes.
0: for, and then oh my gosh, you are on. just that is you're on fire. Yeah, <laughs> wow, well, you know, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, alrighty. <laughs>
1: so I feel like we should dive in um, to Could the jump in. prologue oh. or the um, okay darkness. Wow, yeah, um, darkness. I feel like we should give a little warning, trigger warning, if for anyone who hasn't so read the book. So
0: many trigger warnings. Yeah, um, yikes. First of all, we're gonna spoil the book. Yes. We are going to spoil it. Right so now. if you pause the podcast, <laughs> if you've not read the book. And give yourself 48 hours, yeah, 72 hours. hours. Maybe you'll read twice like week. I did. You know. If you, if, I mean, if you really want to, but don't, you got to come back. Don't, here's what we're saying is don't cheat yourself from yes. the experience of reading the book right now if you have not read the book because yes. we want you to have the experience of reading this yes. beautiful mm-hmm. piece. Mm-hmm. Of- well, and I will us. have the caveat, if you've seen the movie,
1: because the movie is currently out. Just you came th- out this yes. past weekend. Yes, because yes. this is January 2022 when we're mm-hmm. recording this. So I'm wondering if you've seen the movie, you would experience the book in a different way. But I will still say, honestly, as someone who literally just read this like three weeks ago for the first time, stop the podcast, come back, and then we would love you you to email us your thoughts. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Whoa. Oh, please yes. email us yes. your thoughts. Yes, redeeminglitpodcast wow.
0: at gmail.com. Yes. But, okay, spoilers starting now. now. Okay. So, first of all, I actually have written down, because the first thing that jumped out at me was the dedication of yes. this, um, and it says, to those who hurt and hunger. Yeah, mm. beautiful. And I just, like, feel like mm-hmm. that's just... Yeah, first of all, it's everyone, because everyone hurts It's and hungers, literally everyone. But, like, yeah. but it just is. It embodies like the journey that you're about to go yes. on. Like, This is for you. This is someone's journey who has also hurt and hungered. And I just think that that was so beautifully put.
1: Well, yeah, and it, it's such a simple amount of words, but it almost sets the tone for something, where you're yeah, like, because you can way. almost throughout the entire book, but especially in the prologue, you can feel the hurt that she's experiencing <laughs> as a child. But you can also, I think... <laughs> I'm going to put yourself in like I found like there's moments like I obviously did not have a traumatic childhood like that but like there're still some moments where I felt like I remember what it was like to be a kid and experience you know pain or and feeling that unwanted or whatever
0: how yes. you view the world 100%. as a an 100% and so I think
1: that that's something that also yeah. is like we're all hurting and we're all mm-hmm. hungering for more in our lives whatever it is and so I think like the dedication sets yeah. the the tone and also shows the depth that Francine Rivers really thought this
0: book would speak to audiences worldwide. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Um, so the prologue was, for me, for me personally, mm-hmm. the prologue was pr- is pretty much the hardest part of the book. To read? To read, yes. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I, I had a, some hard stuff in the end for me as well, but the beginning prologue is so hard. Because it's so filled with trauma, it's trauma from the beginning to the end, and it's like, and her mom too. it's yes, it's awful. <clears throat> um, but. I think, and it's like fifty pages. It's like fifty but pages. But it literally feels like five hundred. Honestly, it feels like five hundred pages. It, it, it feels, feels like you've when you finish the prologue, like you've just read a whole yes. book. Yes. But now like, here's mm. a whole book. Well, and also <laughs> yeah. too
1: throughout it, I I kept it hoping, did. which I don't know why because I knew the premise of the story, but I kept hoping there'd be like something good yeah. that came out of the prologue. Not one but it literally thing. just kept getting it kept worse, 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 worse. worse. and worse. At the end. I reread the prologue last night actually because I was like yeah. I needed it to be fresh in my mind because I kind of tried to block it out because I... I 100%, 100% was like I'm
0: not reading Yeah, so I reread it
1: and then at the end I guess because we're talking about the whole prologue I can say this but like when um, uh, the Duke kills Rob, oh. Oh. Rab, Rab I think Rab, it was Rab. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, like for some reason the first time I read it I think I was taking in so much of what was happening yeah. that like it didn't, I didn't quite under, I didn't, I don't know if I didn't read it I understood that he died, but I didn't realize she saw it happen and him, like, hanging him. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I literally was like, I'm going to need a moment before I start reading the book. Because I feel like it's also, it shows how, like, the way that you're, like, her mom really showed her that, like, it's not, like, men aren't worth trying to find love from because they're just going to disappoint you. And also, like, her mom herself kind of showed her that, even though she tried to love her. And there's so many things, too, that I think that, that, like, brokenness can lead into brokenness and I think that 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 there was a part that that was just sad because I was hoping that her mom would have kind of a well at least if her mom was fine and then her mom dies and you're like oh well
0: but I don't think her mom so much as showed it to her as it was just like that was her looking at this awful situation that her mother was in yeah because like I feel like her mom wasn't ever actually she was sad all the time but it felt to me like she didn't actually turn bitter no. towards things she just was like she had a terrible lot in life basically well and, then yeah because like she was pregnant by a married
1: man and then who yeah. treated her well and then and then she had the baby and, and he didn't yeah and then he still gave her money but then her parents disowned her and like yeah. said that that she was the dead daughter like, so
0: like i feel like that was um that was sarah's looking at what was happening to her mom and was like, like this oh and also did happened they have a household servant? or housekeeper or something Chloe, where who was, who was telling her like, just, you I'm know, you like, God. like, yeah, yeah, men yeah she said are that. No good. Like they only want to use you.
1: Yeah. Cause she I literally said, um, it's like, I'll find the page. Um,
0: uh, but from it, so we're looking at it, we're experiencing the trauma like through her eight year old lens. And what she is seeing yes. is that her mother gave all of her love mm-hmm. to this man, yeah. and look where it got her. And she ended Oof. up depressed and dead. And dead. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. depressed, that, yeah. sick, yeah. dead. That trauma alone, <gasps> without being sold into. A sex slavery situation yeah, that trauma alone is going to mess up your yeah. opinion of men it's going to mess up your 100%. opinion of love um just that just in and that. of itself oh my gosh yeah and yes. then the rest of the prologue yeah, happens oh, yes and you're like this so is so awful. much well so like i
1: when i was thinking about the prologue like i said that childhood in a sense is paralleled and broken by finding out that her dad never wanted her and her mom's own desire to be needed by him tainted her ability to parent in a way and show sarah love yeah. she tried, oh, but I, I do think that yeah. part of it was like her own brokenness and desire to be needed. Cause then her mother became a prostitute yeah.
0: right?
1: and like Sarah saw men come and go. And I to think her, that, was that was
0: just like, that was because she had a necessity, but like, she I, didn't I do think there was options.
1: something about like, if you're like not wanted by the very, the one man that you want to want you and then you're, you're in a financial situation and then you turn around and get men to pay you, you know what I'm saying, for them to want you for a short time. I feel like that probably factored into her mother's decision to do that. But I found the page here, page 30, um, where Chloe, she looks at her and says... um, Well, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to tell you God's truth. You listen and learn. Glaring at the girl, Cleo dropped in the chair by the window and took another swing of rum. She pointed to to steady her hand. Your fine papa doesn't care about anyone, least of all you. And all he cares about is your mother is what she's willing to give him. And she gives him everything. He shows up when he pleases, uses her, and then rides off to his fine house in town with his aristocratic Aristocratic, sorry, wife and well-bred children, and your mother. She lives for the next time she'll see him, and so I think that she was trying to like show her that that like, which I mean, this is something that, was that a, right that that Sarah that Sarah then Angel carries with her into adulthood is the idea of like, well, let me tell you how it is. Like, men don't you know mm-hmm. kind of treat you well, and all they want from you is one thing. And well, and that's her experience, hundred percent, yeah, because that was what happened with the guy she Merrick, who she, Chloe tried to, she yeah. met at the bar yeah. that she knew, and then he, like, leaves her after he, like, gets what he wants. And yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because she literally says, no one cares about anybody in this world. Chloe, Cleo said, feeling sadder and morose by, by the second. We just all use each other in one way or another to feel good, to feel bad, to feel nothing at all. Lucky ones are really good, at, like
0: Mary, like
1: your rich papa. The rest of us just take what we can get. I think um, that's such a beautiful summary
0: of, like, what after the prologue, like what her worldview is 100%. going into the rest yeah, mm-hmm. of Absolutely. of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, because she is literally eight years old. She's her brain is so impressionable. The trauma wounds are already there and mm-hmm. this woman is just like sealing the coffin for her worldview to be yeah. this like bleak, get what you can, use people how you will, because people are only gonna use you. Yeah, so you
1: might as well at least like use people to and get what you can from them you know yeah. well and also too this is before because then she goes back home and then her mother takes her to the wharf and that like they live close to the pier and that's where her mother becomes a prostitute yeah and ends up dying and then that's where she um rab
0: takes her to the duke and <sighs> sells her sells so. her yeah. yeah and so madeline and i were talking about this the other night do you this think Odette, section yes this section where he takes her to where duke. he takes her to duke do you think, Odette, that he knew what he was getting her into? I don't
1: think he knew when he, like, set her up for it. Because if you look at... Um, Let me see. So, like, initially he's, like, talking around town and he hears of this guy who's looking to adopt a daughter. Right. So here's the thing. I think he was a man who... Was desperate because he was like, How am I gonna yeah. take care of this child? I, he I already left her at, at the house yeah. numerous times to go drink and get drunk. Yeah. And so I think he thought this was her way out. But then I think when he got there, I think there had to be a moment of re- recognition. Sure, there
0: had to have been, yeah.
1: Because also, like, the way that they describe how, like, the Duke looked at the child and stuff, like, you yeah. just have to know really. and talks about her hair. It's just so creepy. Uh, and I, and th- I think, and so I think, I don't think he was a malicious person. I think he saw the way right. out. Because even the way that he goes into the bedroom, where she's going to end up staying and he talks about like he hasn't seen liquor this fine in a long time yeah i think he was literally excited at the possibility of her getting a better life because i yeah. think he thought i'm not going to be able to give her any kind of I life. i can't take care of her i them. can't take care of her also she was 8 years old think about this time period and it wasn't period. his
0: kid like he didn't actually really have any connection like he no. he was with her mom and they were and her, like friends and he friends promised or her whatever. mom yes well, well, they had like, like, more he, than he, friends too it seems well yeah like i think they like lived together and yes. it was kind of like mutual yeah. And whatever yeah they helped take... they helped yeah. get the help yeah. yes yeah yeah so but it wasn't his child and i don't think he had any sort of he probably like had a Fondness for her, like, yeah, oh, that's what I thought. Like, I don't think know. he would
1: have. I honestly, based on what I kind of read in between the lines, but I don't think that if you knew him taking her to the duke and that house wouldn't mean she was sold into prost- child prostitution that he would have been like let me take you there anyways yes. like i think he, honestly it was like she was in either. it and then when he got drunk and was like saying all those things and then they killed him i think yeah. that that's when like he really started because he started <laughs> the way that he After said they
0: killed him then he really started to get the idea he, <laughs> he, he really knew.
1: No, but he literally is like um uh he rambled on trying to flatter and cajole the man standing before her but not and not even noticing the the subtle subtle sign being passed from the gentleman to the man b- behind Rob. So I, I he was think probably she, drunk.
0: He yeah. was probably drunk the whole time. Yeah, because like, he literally dude, said, oh, no. "Thank you,
1: sir." Oh my! When Old Radley told me it was you looking for daughter, I couldn't believe the kid's luck, and she had much life. I can tell you. So I yeah. I do think he honestly had a pure intention. Yeah, it's just unfortunate for Sarah's life. <laughs> That unfortunate one of the year. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, but right, yes. So, so I like to think that, and maybe that—that's just my positive picture. But I don't think he was a malicious person. No, and I, I think don't he, think so either. I think he honestly thought he was giving her a better life. But then, like when they walked into the house, and um the woman, um, Sally, she was like. um, uh unless you're smart and you take my advice,
0: leave now, take it
1: home. Yeah. But I think he probably was like, whatever. Like, at that point, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's trying yeah. to,
0: he's found someone yeah. to take this little girl off his hands. Well, like. let me let me give an alternate idea. Okay. I don't know that, I don't know that when he heard, obviously, Duke is prominent in the community uh-huh. to have all the money that he has. Yeah. clearly I don't know, maybe he didn't know what he did for a living. Maybe he did know what he did for a living, didn't, but didn't realize there was yeah. a sin, this darker, sinister mm-hmm. side to or it. Or maybe he did, but didn't know that it was involving children. Like right. Maybe it's he thought it was right. an older woman. That's way. what I meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I feel like when he walked into that home and had that encounter with Sally yeah. and still chose to go into the room with Duke, yeah. I feel like there had to have been something, something... That was a red flag to him. Sure. Even if he couldn't yeah. express that because he was kind of like an—he's almost kind of like an idiot character. Yeah. He's kind of bumbling. Even in this, in the book, it says mm-hmm. you know he was rambling on. Yeah. And Duke, then ch- I mean, they chose to kill him too. Right. So because it does like, give this Idiot is not going to be able to keep his mouth well, shut. Well, it yeah. does give you the sense that he knew that too much. He yes. Knew too much, or they couldn't take the chance. That in case he did. So I don't know. I, I feel like maybe walking in, it was he didn't, know. he didn't realize. But I think once he got there, he could have made the choices turn around, and he didn't. Well, and, and, and like also, I'm sorry. Like if you've ever been around anyone that is into any sort of like something obvious, I don't think I've ever been around anyone who is like. Like Ooh, yes. children in that way, Ugh. but but you know what I'm saying. But like if you're not anyone who has any sort of like weirdness about them at all, but it, you, can you can feel it, you can feel it. So but someone evil, who is like, so entrenched in at such like such intense perversion and awfulness. And with so many bad intentions. There's no no way that a sense wasn't coming off of this disgusto Duke guy. Exactly. There's no way. So even though he is an idiot, even though he probably was drunk, I I also think that he had good intentions or, you know, good intentions. Probably. I think he probably had good intentions going in. He was like, yeah, I got to get 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 you off my hands to help, you know, oh, this guy's not going to adopt, whatever. I think, yeah, he's in the same room with this major, like, majorly... Perverse, Awful, yes, perverse. Thank yes. you. That was the word. Um, majorly perverse, evil human being. That some like that's coming across. Uh, There's I, no way. Even okay, if so he me not you this scenario. Wire.
1: Okay, so what if his intentions were pure, but then when he realized what it was, he actually wanted the money. That. I mean, yeah, because he was also he like money. he money. Broke, and now the woman that he
0: was kind of quote unquote his, partners with, and his lifestyle was such where it's like he's living from like what little can I get, like going to, to, to what little. So can I get. it's very possible that. Yeah. That that was he was like I'm just gonna ignore this feeling I'm gonna ignore the red flags I need the money well because also go. if
1: if you think about his I perspective is he also trying the way that he's talking about how beautiful she's never been treated like this whatever that he's trying to convince himself this is actually quote better for her sure this because is be good for us. because yeah. if you yes, look at this house it's the way that it describes their journey from the wharf up to the top like, right like you they were looked, living in squalor they were living in squalor and here's this house that probably had. Electricity and all these things that that like weren't or even if not it definitely yeah. had all the the things that like at that time were enviable so mm-hmm. it's possible that also he thought in his
0: but twisted he way convince
1: himself yeah. that, that this was
0: better for her like yes. yeah
1: and that that might be something that he regretted for the rest of his life but at the same time which actually he might have because oh. his life ended well, then, but, but I'm, I'm <laughs> right. just wondering if that's part of it is, it is the yeah. idea that perhaps he was trying to convince himself that. The riches and the fine brandy and the food and the whatever, the, the grand splendor of it would mm-hmm. outweigh the tawdriness, so to speak, yes. or like the debauchery. Or the red flags. The yeah. red flags. That, I mean, yeah. you know yeah and no it, I can, it's and possible because I, I feel like he's a complex character for how small he is in mm-hmm. the book so to speak and like how small his role is i should say i don't know if he's actually a small man but
0: um, <laughs> diminutive in stature <laughs>
1: diminutive <laughs> he was a wee little man um no so i just yeah. i wonder while we were talking i just had that thought that maybe he's yeah. both mm-hmm. yeah maybe Absolutely. he is Could be. had good intentions but then realized like well Honestly, this is how it is cuz if if you think about it even the setting of the time like women didn't have a lot of options. So maybe he yeah. literally thought I don't know what as terrible as it sounds, I'm not justifying his behavior whatsoever. I'm just saying like yeah. maybe he literally thought at least she'll be in a nice house and be well, and surrounded he, and by He, he could to take care of her. Uh-uh. So no, cuz he could be really, like yeah. take care
0: of himself. Yeah. Anything's yeah. better than dying, right? dying of In his mind, yeah, tuberculosis exactly. on the wharf, exactly. which is probably what happened to her mom Oh, very easily. Yeah. Um my, one of my, what strikes me so much about the pro well, everything strikes me about the prologue, yeah. um, is the juxtaposition of the first few pages to the last few pages. In mm-hmm. the first few pages, yes, Angel, Sarah is wearing these beautiful dresses. You can almost see the imagery in your mind of this bright, Sunny garden mm-hmm. full of mm-hmm. flowers that you yeah. that she smells through the windows. It's yeah. wafting through the mom, windows like, of her little of home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Her and her mother and they live together, mm-hmm. and then the last to the last few pages of where she's literally survived a mm. boat trip, a massive boat trip where she had to work the whole time as a prostitute just so she wouldn't be raped. That wasn't in the prologue, was it? Wasn't it? I thought that was in chapter one. That's in... No, she alludes to it
1: in chapter one or two. Because, like, the prologue ends with you basically realize what Duke is all about.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, But well, still, still okay. same thing. Still, I, yeah. same thing. <laughs> There's the beautiful, the beautiful yeah. image in the first few pages. And then in, in the last few pages, you're right. Yes. You're totally right. I was getting ahead in my mind. Yeah. But it's very dark. Where she okay. watches Rab die. Mm-hmm. That's right. Those are the yep. last few pages. She watches this man get killed in front of her eyes. Mm-hmm. And then this creeper says, I have things to teach you. And mm-hmm. she gets raped. Oh, my yeah. God. As an eight-year-old. By a grown man. Oh. As an eight-year-old girl. Whew and that's like to me that's just like so startling so striking like what i know how quickly how quickly one life can change Mm yeah the sequence event this the crazy sequence of events that had to take place for in a short span of our life yeah just a few months from that to that Yeah. yeah well and one
1: thing i will say i my heart breaks for her story, but I do think as the reader, especially as a fresh reader to this book, I did appreciate the backstory going into it because I think you have a really profound mm-hmm. understanding of her brokenness going Why into she does the where that I she feel does. like if you yeah. just started with chapter 1 where you it said Angel pushed back the canvas flap, like you would be like, okay, like whatever. Here's this woman, prostitute, whatever, because like yeah. you know that Michael kind of when she meets him, and then he d- and then throughout the course of the book, she tells him things mm-hmm. about her her past, and you discover more things as the reader. Right. But I think that you know yeah. more going into it, and so for me, I think it provided a sort of sympathetic approach. Not that I would necessarily have something against her to begin with, but I think that your it's heart a full is so level, moved. Though. Yeah. And you just think about the fact that she's this little eight-year-old whose Ugh. fate was decided for her by someone who couldn't even stand up straight, and whose like, innocence
0: and safety is literally ripped away from her.
1: Yes, and this is the only life she ever know Because because you think about it, like her memories of her mother are become very kind of faint. She remembers mm-hmm. certain things, but I think that that for me that 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 was something like from a story perspective i appreciate the backstory but as a reader i was so traumatized by like this poor girl (laughs) and you think about the fact that like she is someone who didn't like she did nothing to and not that i'm saying that some people do things to deserve it but like she was a child do you know what i'm saying and like none of these decisions were made she had no
0: power no power so she's a, a powerless
1: child who gets sold to an evil man And then that sets the course for her life. And I think that 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 sometimes I feel like for us, like if we take a step back and we think about how we can all be like angel in certain senses, that there's things that that happen to us that are beyond our power. Obviously, most of us don't experience trauma in that way, especially as children. But I think that... (coughs) But a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah, People do. (coughs) But I think that we can also find sympathy in moments where we feel powerless and moments where we don't have control and moments where, you know, if it feels like someone else is making decisions for us that we, you know, so, so I think that there's something like in this story that we can all feel, our own brokenness, even if it's like minuscule compared to right Sarah yeah. and the angels. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. you can like relate to that, I think. And I think nice.
0: also what you're saying, like from a story perspective, like yeah. the prologue is so important. It's very valid. Because 100%. it's like, it's basically you the difference of seeing angel through michael's eyes versus seeing angel through paul's eyes yes, yes. you know what i mean yes. yeah oh wow jump, because it's jumping ahead in the story well or i'm just talking yes, about yes, totally. prologue. Yes. because we have the prologue we yes. get to see angel through michael's eyes versus yes. if we didn't have the prologue we yes. would we could be only seeing her through paul's eyes and i was like oh you you're yes. you're a prostitute and you married my brother-in-law and that's yeah. all you are and without that backstory Yes. You know, that's yeah. what that's what makes the story so much more powerful and oh, so much more beautiful because the redemption is so deep. Yes. And it goes back to the, the very heart. The, the very core, of push, who the is, core is. all yes. the way back all those years, twenty years ago. Whatever. And like redeems it all. Yeah. Whoa. Redeems that love. Redeeming Whoa. love. Redeems okay. that love. Okay. okay. So should so we move on? Let's to move on. Let's get out of we the we could prolonged. literally spend one whole chapter. It, shake it off.
1: Um, um, we could spend a whole podcast just with the prologue, obviously, yeah, but we will not there, because like, I no. honestly don't know that people could handle that.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so I so now want we're at to chap- say, chapter one. So, yeah. So she goes on to. <clears throat> Wait, is chapter one. Yes, girl. She's in Paradise. Paradise. <laughs> paradise. paradise. I, well, that's what it's, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yes. I love it. Is she's already in paradise? Yeah, yeah. She's and in she, there. They're building the new building. Cause she's in for the, the palace, the tent. Oh, okay. Yep. She's no, in paradise. So she. Wait, so then, does she look back yeah, on her time? We don't. Okay. okay. You don't ever the see ship, her in right? a ship, because the only notes that I have from chapter one, I did a little bit of side research. Everyone. Okay. Ah, okay. okay. Love it. And there were two food items that were mentioned in chapter one. That I was like, I don't know what those are. Okay. That she ate while on the ship. I know what you're talking about because I looked them up. I did that same thing. I did the same thing. I was like, what on earth is that? Okay, so the first thing is lobscuse. And that is a stew with meat, vegetable, and hardtack, which is like a really tough um, biscuit. Eaten by sailors, early 18th century. Got it. Second thing is Hashima Grundy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is a gold brush era dish of dried-slash-salted cod and vegetables. There you go. Hashima Grundy. Those are the only notes that I have for chapter
1: one, because <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Anyways. I thought it was interesting in chapter one that you get to meet the character of Lucky. Yes. Because I feel like, I like Lucky, Lucky is this character who kind of plays this, like, motherly role in a way in her life but also not really, but it's yeah. maybe an aunt Earl or sister would be a better analogy, but it's, it's just interesting because you almost see someone, the angel is getting a glimpse into like what her life is trending to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying this should be the same, but like lucky drinks too much. She doesn't make as much business for, her. she's definitely not the front runner. She's not the one that, that men are fighting over, you know, and, taking lottery tickets for to be able to see so so, so yeah. to me I I think also like going right from the prologue into this even though I wanted to just put the book down for a little while I like forced <laughs> myself to read and then yeah. I lit because the prologue is so jarring like yes. it's just not what it's you're awful. expecting um and especially because mm-hmm. I, I said earlier I honestly thought it would Feel better through, it. but it didn't. Um, it,
0: just
1: it just got worse and worse yeah. and worse. And so I think that that like this kind of sets the the tone. It touches about the the Duchess, and you really see that, yeah. that the Duchess like kind of has a situation has this
0: that. She, so then you know you know right off the bat yes. that she's, she's doing the same thing. She's do, but she's not with Duke anymore. Right. No. right. So know like, that, mm-hmm. and you know that it's like, I mean, it's not but a great situation, similar. but it's like a what you would consider a stereotypical. Prostitute in the 1850s. Yeah, because it's a situation. woman who owns
1: a brothel, who keeps all their so, money, you know, promises she, them things. She gets a
0: portion of her earnings, and then she... locks up
1: their other portion. Yes. And there's one woman who's kind of the star. Which I mean, any of us who have seen any kind of Western movie, you know that there's like one woman who's like the talk of the town the is madam. like the madam. But well, also oh, she, you there's about, like oh, one you're talk, talking. About well, the... there, there's always a madam for sure. There's, but then there, oh, there, yes. there's always like. The henchman, which is... Oh, man. McGowan. McGowan. Oh, McGowan. Oh, McGowan. Um, I did some oh, research into McGowan's scheme. name. Yeah, he's also, his did you guys notice that like his name's Brett? His first
0: oh. name is Brett McGowan. That's yes. his full oh. name. Because later Brett on... It feels like a more, much more common after, It doesn't? I know. It feels I,
1: like But it's Brett, a, with one like T. Brett. Huh? I don't know if that matters, but one T. Oh, it
0: was one oh, so
1: T? Yeah, because, oh. like, later on, after she's spoiled, I mean, we already said spoiler, but after oh. she, in this, like, kind of first section, when she is beaten mm-hmm. almost to death, and Michael, like, basically Saves buys her, her and... and
0: <laughs> Michael's like, will you marry me now?
1: And <laughs> she's, like, with broken guess. ribs and shoulders. Might seat, as well. You know, is that what why she says? She might says, why, as why, not? Not? why not? Yeah. Absolutely. Um... It's literally before, right before that scene. Lucky's talking to her, sh- and she goes, "What did you do to Brett? What did you say to Brett to make him so mad at you?" Oh, Okay. So that's how oh, I know that that's yeah. the guy's name. Okay. But I did some research into that, and it wasn't honest Was name Brett.
0: <laughs> no, it's oh, McGowan. <laughs> McGowan. Oh. <laughs> What'd you find
1: out? Um. It. <laughs> <laughs> um i literally had to pull it
0: up because i literally did so much research on it. Not not all t- 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 <laughs> t- i wish that people could see there are so many tabs pulled up on our laptop right now <laughs> wait what so happened i literally copied maybe. it
1: oh here we go okay name, um it means son of a smith in in um irish it's an okay. irish name okay but like also then when i found out that his first name was brett and like his that was his last name i thought that was what he was called
0: Oh. because oh. son of
1: a Smith I thought it was some sort of like metaphor for something
0: oh. but I well, mean a lot of times people's last names especially back then were linked to their their family's profession
1: So it's possible that his father was a blacksmith so Maybe that's why he had powerful
0: blacksmith. blows because
1: remember she talked about his hands being really large mm. Yes yikes <laughs> yikes um, but like but listen I but, I, but, she but said, I, but listen <laughs> I thought the name was gonna be some kind of symbolic oh. meaning like, bringer of death you know I thought oh. of, or something like I don't know that like he was, a, he
0: was just a stooge though I know but I mean an awful stooge but crook
1: yeah well I don't know I was hoping there was some deeper meaning and it's just like, like oh just a, like a common Irish a name, <laughs> name.
0: <That's laughs> um, I ago. thought something that I thought was interesting in this first like kind of grouping of chapters was that we find out that Angel doesn't drink mm-hmm. yeah I thought that was. Interesting. I thought that too. was interesting too because it feels like It was probably with that lifestyle, is what you think. Well, yeah, but then also it's like this is something that she can control. That's kind of how I saw it. Just like I've seen what liquor has done to people. Probably feels like she can't really control anything else about her situation. This is the profession that she has. No one else is going to accept her for anything other than this. And and she probably doesn't even know to like how would she even try to get out of this? But one thing she can control is she doesn't have to lose control by drinking.
1: Well, yeah, and I also thought maybe it was also a metaphor because she also, like, when gentlemen
0: used that, the yeah. you buy, buy t- these are gold miners in <laughs> the 1850s. <Sorry. laughs> so oh, my- the term gentleman is loose.
1: <laughs> Loosely Easy, applied. applied. Loose okay, gentlemen. gentlemen. When these... Stinky fellows. When these stinky, <laughs> stinky gold gross diggers, boys. literally gold diggers, <laughs> stinky gold diggers, <laughs> <laughs> literally, <laughs> when, literally.
0: <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh!
1: Oh my gosh! There will be cheesy humor in our podcast. Always, um, always. Um, I think that it's possible that beyond not drinking, it also gave her a sense of control when like people were in her room, and she, do you know, do you know what I'm saying? And she yeah. felt like it was yeah. her space to kind of own so to speak and i'm wondering if drinking too it was the kind of thing where where like the thought of losing any ounce of control at any point yeah was the part that she couldn't handle and she also like saw how like lucky drank a lot and like she didn't i don't think she also saw people who just like casually drank because also if you think about the time period there wasn't just like people didn't
0: i don't think people casually no a lot of people like
1: no so so i so i think that that it was either you were a drunkard or you didn't drink i think there wasn't like a really like Define like, Because now it's, like, totally acceptable that, like, you can be someone who goes out and drinks or has a bottle of wine or whatever, like, with friends. And it's, like, mm-hmm. not that you're a drunkard. But then it was, like, you either drank and that was part of your identity. Oh, I'm lucky and I drink rum, you know. Because, like, if you think about <laughs> right. it, or I'm Cleo and I drink and, yeah, you know, right. Rab and I'm drink, you know. Right. And so I wonder if that was part of it. She wanted to kind of isolate herself. Yeah. And it was, like, I don't want to ever be so out of control that someone else can control me.
0: Yeah. And I think Absolutely. also... Another thought, I think staying in control is probably part of it. But then also, I think that she saw like, when people drank, they tend, they tended to feel. Mhm. Yeah. Um. And I think it's kind of opposite. Like people drink to not feel, but yeah. then I think the more drunk you get, the more yeah. like those things get dragged up and yeah. you start talking about them. Well, because, right, if you've yes. built walls and you're yes. controlling exactly. them yeah. And so I think that she, mm-hmm. because she was so conscious mm-hmm. of, of these are the boundaries that I go in my mind. This is what I refuse to think about. This is what I refuse to let out. Yes. I think that she couldn't risk drinking to let all of that come to the surface because mm-hmm. she spent so much time pushing it down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So while we're talking about angel here, um, so I looked up the meaning of the name angel, and obviously there's a part of it that's like a, well, duh, if you've read any Christian books or portion of the Bible, it means messenger. (laughs) I was thinking that perhaps the reason why her name was chosen in Francine River's interpretation of the book of Hosea as mm-hmm. Angel was because the, she was carrying the message of her, the brokenness, like carrying the message mm-hmm. of the idea of, and it was also like, if you think about it, the name Angel, it usually implies innocence. And so I'm wondering too, if like the idea of the name that someone yeah. else gave her is like the message of trauma and the message of brokenness yeah. is the well, thing that...
0: Duke started calling yes, her Yes, because she
1: didn't say anything. Because yeah. you don't find, she never says her name is Sarah so, until yeah. the variant. Um, right, yeah. You know it is because yes. of the prologue, but then she it's yes. never revealed. It's never again. spoken. Yes. Um so I I think
0: that that's something Oh, just had such this moment where she I was trying not to at, reveal. She looked at Morgan and she was like had that look on her face like, "Oh shoot, I just gave a huge spoiler <laughs> away." But we already told you, no. yeah they're spoilers. But that was really okay. funny. I wish yeah. you guys could have seen it. Okay, let's, let's talk got We got to keep going, yeah. guys, because we have just We've only got we, through chapter 1. I know. Yikes. <laughs> Okay. But, but we're not going to talk about chapter every chapter,
1: to be fair. We're not going to talk about every chapter in great length, so. Maybe,
0: we'll see. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> no promises. We're going to be here forever. This might be a long podcast. <laughs> no. So, anyways. Okay, so then we meet Michael Hosea, and he is literally, so he's a farmer. But, like, he's, a handsome farmer. Well, we don't know that yet. Um, I mean, obvi-
1: we do though. You can tell. <laughs> you I can mean, tell. tell. <laughs> so he's as the millennials as millennials say he would be, v,
0: v handsome. V handsome. V <laughs> handsome. Oh my god. Okay. But, anyways, um, so. He is unloading vegetables in paradise. So he's like mm, work paradise. Like paradise, right? But you don't. Nobody says it like that. Oh, they don't say paradise. They say paradise. paradise. Oh, I, I thought it was spelled out like that. So you an would emphasize an angel in paradise. It's um, all yeah. metaphorical. It's all. I mean, is. like no, no, no yes, I I understand. It, <laughs> it's it's spelled like that because it's <laughs> okay. supposed to be funny. Right. Because it's paradise, but it's, but it's paradise, not paradise. So it's he's, like gambling. But yes. the, you know, Anyways, But violence. when they say it, they say paradise. Ugh. Anyway, he's, un- oh, unloading so he's unloading his clothes. So he's unloading. Yes, and then and Joseph he sees child. her. Angel takes walks every day. Is it every day? Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's what it is. Good one. She with a sh- like McGowan. bodyguarded by McGowan. McGowan down the middle Brett of McGowan. the Brett McGowan. Brett McGowan, who sounds handsome, but is not. Yikes! It sounds um, like the kind of name that would be the lead of an Irish like romance, but like it's I what you're about to say. <clears throat> um jig. Irish jig dancing group. <laughs> what is that called? Irish step dancing. Anyway, Here we go. We're derailing quick. So anyways, so he sees her and she's beautiful. She's very obviously beautiful. Everyone like in this Like men town. stop in the street to stare at her. Kind yes. of beauty. So he he watches her go and he's, you know, like, oh, this woman is beautiful. And he hears the voice of the The Lord. friggin' voice of the Lord. This
1: one, beloved. Ooh. Ooh. Okay,
0: but can we just, like,
1: take a step back for a second? Okay. What if I literally... <laughs> As a single woman, okay, I told you, what <laughs> yes. like, came up to Let's you go. ladies, because we've known each other for a long time, and I feel like you would both tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. If like I came up to you and I was like, hey, okay, listen, so I really felt the Lord speaking to me. I was like in our city
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I was hanging out and I saw someone who clearly was a man who sells his body for How, things.
0: Sell his things. body for things. I for <laughs> like food. Time, wait, wait, wait. Time out. <laughs> How, what, when you say clearly? What is it about him that is so clear that he is
1: selling okay, his body? Purpose? Maybe I need to make this a little bit more modern. Um so yes, there's
0: mm-hmm. how about this? An ad comes up on Instagram. You're scrolling through. It's a, it feels like a thirst trap. Do y'all know what thirst traps are? Yes, Absolutely. Of course.
1: But anyway, so it's
0: this picture of this V handsome man and he is winking at you. Yeah. But and, like, and there's it's a like very a suggestive, suggestive... It's, there's it's a little, little
1: gif, so he's actually winking. It's not just
0: him, a picture of him winking. It's like a little gif of yes. him winking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Say gif 17 more times. So, <laughs> or, <laughs> no. Anyways, listen. So then, and it says something very suggestive at the top. You know? You want and some? So, right. Exactly. Sure. And, and so then you know it's an ad. Like, and then you would sign up you now. Would, right, exactly. So you would click on it and it would be like an thing. And it would take thing. me
1: to a place where I could literally
0: yes. pay. We don't, okay. Anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> you
1: would. Well, like, okay, in what scenario would I. So you're saying I was going on Instagram. Oh okay, no my I, gosh. Just no,
0: no. let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> God, listen. This, listen this is going to have to be edited. No, there's no way. This is perfect. Listen. Okay. Focus, Odette. So this, in this, I'm making it more modern for you. So you're scrolling. You see this guy. You're like, yikes, this ad. You're about to scroll up, and you hear the voice of the Lord say, Odette, this is the man that I've chosen for you. Wolf. <laughs> Honestly, though, okay. I made it more modern. So like, please.
1: please. Okay, but then in this scenario, I somehow slide into his
0: DMs, and we end up talking. Whoa, what? You're not sliding into those DMs without forking over the cash. Yeah, you, you think gonna he's have just chatting it. for free? No, of course not. I was, okay, but, but, like, but okay, the point But is, the point is, you come to us as your friend, And I say, and listen. And that's the original story. Because, but
1: here's the thing. If I only had seen him in an Instagram ad, I feel like that wouldn't be as dramatic. And you guys are probably like, okay, well, like maybe, like, pray about it some more, but, like, I feel like it'd have to
0: be a moment where, like, in order to... If you to... were, like, I... There's a... <laughs> if you told me, the Lord told me that I'm going to marry this Instra- male prostitute. This male prostitute. That I saw I an ad on Instagram. check in with him again, because
1: there's no way also, you it. Like, right. The way I would probably tell you to keep the exactly. modern was I would screenshot it and be, like, future Mr. <laughs>
0: <laughs> future Mr. Odette. <laughs> We would both say the same thing to you. Yes. Oh right. my so, gosh. so, what I'm saying
1: is, I was trying to, to think about it through that lens of could you imagine the gravity of really that you have this close relationship with the Lord where you are hearing his small mm-hmm. voice speak? You know what I'm saying? And, yes. and then you hear him tell you something that feels ludicrous because it feels like the very thing mm-hmm. that you've avoided. Like, right. do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so even the very idea, whether it be, you know, our kind of joking jest of trying to
0: modernize this idea. But it is crazy. And yeah. it's the kind of thing right. that, that God asks. And us. when he hears, though, when he hears that voice, he doesn't know what her profession is. He just sees this beautiful woman walking yes. down the street. Because he is so, like, he's saving himself. He doesn't sleep with prostitutes. Like, he's actually a, like... A on the up job. and up, a righteous man. And he's righteous also, like, just, like,
1: building his home 30 miles away from paradise. Yes. Notice yeah. how I said that
0: correctly this time. Nice. Um, anyways, okay, so, so we are going to, mm-hmm. first of all, let's assess our time right now. Yeah. We're going to have to speed it up a little bit. Oh, okay. We've, well, been, please. we've been really. Okay. okay. So, long story short, he is like, okay, well, I have to meet her. And the only way to meet her is, is to, to pay. Is okay. to pay. Yeah. So he pays double the amount of gold to get his name Pushed up in the lottery because they're taking lottery. Like she can only see a certain amount of. There's only so many hours in the day, ladies. She can only see a certain amount of men every day. Well, because so, she
1: doesn't even see people all day. It's it's like portions of the day. Right. Exactly.
0: Uh, yeah, nine to five. Okay, of course. Nine, nine to five. five. Oh dear. Lord. You know what I mean.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think the hours are quite the same as an office job. Anyways.
0: Anyways. So derailing. So reel um, in. This is a Christian fiction podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... We haven't lost people. So, I'm, I'm sure people have left. Um, <laughs> it but... Had, guys, I'm mean, going okay. Come on. Please. Anyway, this is solid so, gold. So he... Which he <laughs> hey, paid, yeah. paid... Which he paid... paid. He paid to go so, see To go see angel. angel. And so he gets in there... Because he paid extra. And... She's She's like, like, hey, mister, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, I just want to talk. I want to get to know you. And she's like, my God, seriously, one of these. And she's like, I don't want to get to know. Like, she's not letting anybody get to know her. This woman is closed off, has built walls. Shut down. And so he goes, how many times? Three Three he or goes, four, I thought... He goes, I think, three times. Three times. Because then he runs out of money. Then he runs out of money, He yeah. spends literally I it was, all his money. Yeah. Because yeah. all the money he that he the just gotten selling fruits and vegetables... So it's like in three days. His yeah. entire crop for the whole year, basically. I sold. thought it was a portion of his crop. Anyway. No, because he sold his entire crop, and then he bought more seed for more crop, mm-hmm. and then he was going to buy mm-hmm. a head of cattle.
1: Oh, which explains why yep. later on he's really excited that he's yes. had a good crop, because yes. he tells her they're going to buy
0: yes. a head of cattle. So anyways, um so he goes three times and every time he's like you know trying to get to her and she's just kind of like mocking him the whole like yeah You're it ridiculous.
1: Says, on page 71 jose did come back the next the next night and the
0: next so it's three okay. times yeah and she she's like what is this guy doing I don't know what's going on. And he asks her to marry him. Yes. He does literally, At right time. off the bat, every She
1: time. goes, I, he goes and she's come be away like, with me, marry me. She goes, I already said no three times. Did you ever get the message? No, no, and no. Yeah.
0: And also, like, do you know how many of these men have people are that? proposing Please. to her? Drunk men who come up yes. and sleep with her and say, marry me. Marry Please. Me. Also, she thinks
1: he's playing this long game that's yes. waiting until mm-hmm. the third time. Because then, then, literally, she, he, like, kisses her the, in the third time that he sees her because he can't help himself because she's so beautiful. And she goes... She's like, well, finally. You know, she's like, well, this is why you're here. Yeah.
0: And then he literally... She she thinks she has him figured out. She Mm -hmm. thinks she knows exactly who who, who he is. And then he's, like, mad
1: at God, and he goes on that whole walk with God, and he's, like, really angry, and God tells him that, like, no, this is who I've prepared for you. And then it takes you into how, like, she kind of gets, like, a little bit melancholy, doesn't feel like doing her thing, and then...
0: Mm -hmm. Which is really, honestly, like, this is the first we see of the defenses coming down. Mm -hmm. Like, he... He is, Christ in him yes. is already having an impact on her because she says she lets hope be kindled in her heart again. Yeah. And yeah. she says, you know what, I could get out of here. If I go to the Duchess, tell her I want my money, I yeah. could get out of here. I could have a better life. Yeah. Yeah. Not even with Michael, just, just the know. idea yes. no, of hope. But the hope, hope. kindled mm-hmm. again because just she from her
1: interactions with him. Because she yes. thinks about the fact that, like, this guy is the first man she's encountered who clearly doesn't just want one thing from her yes. even though he's paid for her mm-hmm. time which feels like a justification, and she might think he does yes. but he doesn't well but yeah. even as his, his the proof of the three times that he comes like besides kissing her he like doesn't he doesn't sleep with her. Yeah. no and like she even tempts him and he's like no that's, I'm I not mean, she's probably yeah. literally standing naked in front of him. Like, oh, easily. You know, like we're yeah. wearing a very provocative that revealed all the right curves. You know what I'm saying? But like, he's,
0: yeah. He, what? That's what they were. Sorry, I know it was just a. Okay, cheating. so okay, okay. So then, so anyway, so she goes to so the, the hope has been rekindled. She goes to the Duchess. Yeah. She's Like, and she walks in, and Duchess is like eating this Eggs. extravagant meal, cream and herb, yeah, coffee. Expensive. And their their, so and their food is like rationed heavily. She gets in trouble for eat, drinking two glasses of milk, like earlier in the book. So right there, you know, the Duchess is spending all of their money. Yes, one hundred percent. There's no money for you. she She's yeah. not. Which you knew from the beginning, because come on, it's not. Mm-hmm. She doesn't actually have these girls' best interests at heart. Of course, she has her not. Own best no, because the heart. Madams never do. Exactly. In, in the westerns. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Girl, I know what you're saying. So, anyways, so oh. she goes and she's like, "I would like my portion of the money." Oh, why do you want your portion of the money? I wanna get out of here. Do you know, so you could be, do some man, be some man's wife and have to give him what he wants, whenever he wants it and clean his and clothes clean and his clothes. clean his house. Yeah. And she's, yeah, and she's kind of like, do you remember? She goes, do you
1: remember where, where I found mm-hmm. you on the wharf? Do you remember how broken you were? And exactly. how da-da-da. So she's trying to steer her off the track. Yes. She's trying to show her that she's her savior, which is interesting that the Duke and the Duchess have I mean, the two people who quote mm-hmm. saved her throughout her life, but are saved. actually quote unquote, yes. you can see the air quotes. Um, you could probably hear them in our tone of voice, yes. but like I feel like that, that was an interesting thing. So then she literally gets,
0: so then she goes like she starts to get mad at the Duchess. She's yes. like, "You doesn't she call it, like a fat cow? Like yes, like no, man, I wants just to call it sleep like a fat pig or pig or something? A fat <laughs>
1: fat <pack>. <laughs> yes That was a combo of clearly a pig and a cow, but I yep. meant to say. Pig, but maybe it was a cat. Anyways,
0: but so she calls it. So she just starts like going off on her. Mm -hmm. No man wants to sleep with you. That's why you have to do this. You're old. Blah blah blah. All this stuff, and so then the Duchess is like, "Get in your room." And then she sends she sends friggin' Brett McGowan. So this is a break. This is like the first the first breaking point Mm -hmm. of the novel. Yes, yes. When she decides that little bit of hope is kindled, and she decides that you know what, it'd be better just to die. Yeah. And she basically asks. Well, also, well, she, she does because she him. she literally does. She like, provokes the way she, him so that oh, she'll get that well, she because shouts. she knows that he's yes. been waiting. Because before this, you see that he's kind of been let loose to like torture some of the other girls in the like brothel, but, but never Angel because she's the big money earner and she doesn't and the want duchess, anything. Yes, has held him looking back bad about because him. Angel has constantly mocked McGowan. like all the way up to up to this point. She's mocked him before, and so for she really goes for being the Duchess's. Laugh dog. She yeah.
1: calls him her pet dog. She goes, because mm-hmm. um, she, uh, she starts to laugh. And he says, "She." he goes, what are you laughing at? She goes, at you, big man. This is on page 94. Duchess's pet dog. She laughed harder at the stunned expression on his face. Her laughter rose, sounding strange and bright in her own ears. It was all just so funny, so incredibly funny. Why hadn't you seen it before? Her whole life was a great big joke. And even when Magowen. McGowan. 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 <laughs> What? <laughs> We've <laughs> literally been saying McGowan all night. <laughs> I am worried about pronunciations. Came at her, she couldn't stop laughing about it. Not on the first blow, or the second, or even the third. After the fourth blow, all Angel heard was the beast roaring in her ears. So basically, you realize then yeah. that like she provoked the very person yeah. who shouldn't she shouldn't have you know provoked, and he's like literally beating her. Also, when yeah. it and then it goes back to Michael, and he can't get her out of his, yeah. his mind. He's
0: been, like, waking up in the middle of the night thinking about her. Thinking well,
1: and, about also, and also, we'd like to point out, he never calls her angel. He calls her Mara. Oh, So, yeah. I look at the meaning of the name it's Mara. Bitter. It does mean bitter, but it's, so it's of and Hebrew sorry, origin. Yes. Um, you're literally stealing. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> just kidding.
0: <laughs> Stop um, stealing her name. Okay, I'm sorry. No, listen.
1: So, it's actually <laughs> really interesting. So, it's Mara is of Hebrew origin, and it, it means bitter, yes, which carries these implications of strength. Um, and so I looked at this and it also means beloved um, or wished for a child or rebelliousness. And so I was thinking, because bitter, I was like, why does bitter mean strong? So I looked that up, it means bitter having a strong and often unpleasant flavor that is the opposite of sweet. So I feel like that there's a part of this that, that the reason why she's called bitter is because she's definitely made it through life by strength set deep in her bitterness. Mm -hmm. And so him calling her The resolve, yes, exactly. And I think, too, if Mm -hmm. you think about it, like, beloved is such a juxtaposition as to what she is, and that's kind of how Michael sees her. And also his relationship with with the Lord is the Lord's like this one, beloved. Like, the Lord didn't have such a deep kind of profound loving relationship mm-hmm. that he can hear from God in that way. So it's just an yeah. interesting thing that, like, he calls her that. And some of it feels like, well, if it does actually mean beloved in certain languages, it could also be him prophesying that she indeed is his beloved.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. That's, that's cool. That's good. Yeah. And then they have their little force bond moment. Their oh, what? what? Their little force bond. Oh, moment. you mean force the marriage? Bond. Oh. I thought you said forest. Oh, no. No, it's a Star Wars reference. Force bond. Force bond. Force, bond. Like oh. the force. Oh, got it, got it. Force <laughs> Where, bond. Where like she's being yes. about to die, and he feels. He wakes it. up yes. in a cold sweat. Yeah. Yes. Which, spoiler alert, has happened to me before. Yes, I, not to me, but to my spouse. Yeah. Between me and my spouse. But when, when he they was were, a child, when they were three I feel, years Okay, old, hold up. I think we need to tell old. a quick
1: synopsis of the story because we can't just say that and then not give it.
0: We up. don't have time. No, Look at our time. We don't have time. Cut, if just you know the, us, cut the bond If thing. you if you know us, <laughs> we're not come talk to us privately. Yeah. We're not cutting any of this. Okay, <laughs> force bond. May the may the force it. bond be with you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Focus. So he goes into paradise. He just can't stop thinking about her, and he doesn't. He go to sell stuff. No, I doesn't think he, he just because he talks to Joseph. Remember? Yeah, but he just talks to Joseph. He oh, doesn't okay. sell anything. So anyway, so he goes back, and he's a, like and he, all riled up, and he finds out. That Angel hasn't worked. Angel hasn't worked. And so he's like, I gotta go. That's right. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Bursts into the palace and he says, Where's Angel? Duchess is like, She's not working today. And he's like, No. Forces his way up to her bedroom and sees her lying there, like completely at death's door, beaten and bloodied. Asks her to marry him one last time. She says, Why not? And then he i'm assuming cards her to a minister I yes. no no but we're forgetting about the part,
1: part where we like he like talks to the duchess and like
0: pays and then it's just like she doesn't go for free yeah, she's yeah. not good yeah, anymore right. like, why do you want her like
1: this yeah because he like him breaking through the bedroom He literally and the he, duchess like gives her it.
0: all his money again and it's yes. like this, this is like, sh- like double all cover it. this should cover this it should so it. basically like maybe he did sell vegetables or something Maybe, I don't know. But anyways. He so, just seems like
1: he's also like a very good, he's very good he's at saving. He's probably very good with his money. He's yeah, just he just frugal. seems like a solid guy. Very he's very frugal. frugal. <laughs> a frugal man. farmer. A frugal <laughs> farmer. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> honestly though, you'd have to be kind of frugal if you were a farmer. When everyone else was literally digging for gold, I feel like you'd have to like know what you were doing. To yeah. Do not be like sucked in by that. Well, that's, that's probably true. Weird.
0: Okay, but anyway, so they get married. Which part of me is like What the heck heck minister is marrying them That's an aside that we don't really need to get into But I'm like this minister Maybe he's like oh this is saving her But he sees this woman who's not even conscious And he marries them in a ceremony Well yeah It's it's 1850 How do you even know that it's a minister Like it's possible it was just like some random person a minister was would be the only one who'd be able to marry someone. Well, at that well Michael point. wouldn't have settled for anybody yes, a, other than a minister. minister. Yeah. Like so what the did only he say? other person who would be able to marry them at that time would be like a ship's captain or something. And there was no Yeah. That wasn't that's it had to have been a minister because it had to have been legal. That's just you just know. So then okay. Why not she managed? And then it literally
1: is, I would assume. Well, cause then Lucky is there and she, and she tells her that he gave the, her, oh. that he gave her in their ceremony, which again, we're assuming is by a minister because mm-hmm. Michael's a very righteous, upstanding man.
0: Maybe the doctor did technically. Um, said I feel doctor like doctor there. could be
1: ordained. Maybe. Who knows? It was the 1850s. But it it was, might've been a two for one deal. Yeah. You were a minister, could, <laughs> or, could marry people and a doctor. Could be. Yeah. Also, I don't know the legality. Yeah. Maybe you didn't have to get married by a minister. You did. You did? Yes. In the 1850s? Yes. Yeah. I mean, if, if it was legal, I think yes. there's
0: probably less people who could marry you back then yeah. than there are now. Yeah. Yes. Now you, you can go on. Madeline online. could get ordained online if she wanted to. Yeah, but don't you have mm-hmm. to, yeah, you mm-hmm. to. Yeah, you mm-hmm. just wait 24 hours? Okay, but. Okay, in also, 24, 24 hours. <laughs> hours is nothing. I could, could be dead. marrying you and the gigolo from Instagram. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Also, I will say. Think about fun it. Fight <laughs> it
1: back up think about it. Wow. This is <laughs> not my story. This is. Angel and, and you're uh, Michael, the one,
0: you're the one who brought it
1: up. No, I'm, okay. it was, I was trying to put it in natural. Light. I will say though, in, in Pennsylvania, you can. There's actually a third type of marriage license that you can get that doesn't require a minister what or a of, of of the peace It's like it a it's, layman. Huh? And you just need a layman? Yeah, like a witness, like someone whose last name is Layman. No, no like oh. L-A-Y-M-A-N,
0: like oh. a layman, like a regular layman. person. Oh, like in layman's terms. Got yes, you.
1: yes. Um, and it's because oh. a lot of the in, in, in Amish um, pastors are oh. not actually technically ordained by the state. Okay. Oh, that so, makes sense. So literally, it's like a one of my friends did it, where she like oh. had a wedding ceremony, and like they got this special. I think it's a little bit more money. You got this special marriage license, and like she technically married herself to her husband. He married himself to her, and they had someone sign. Huh. So, That's like, crazy. you don't need okay. a minister.
0: That's crazy. It was well, like, back then you did. Yeah,
1: back then you did. <laughs> also, sure. um, Lucky tells her that the, he had a wedding ring for her. Yes. And that it was his mother's. Yes. Mm. And then she says, like, remember your old friend Lucky. And then... And then Michael c- takes her. She oh. basically
0: wakes up in his and cabin. She, and and yes. she doesn't even remember who no, she married. And she's like, yeah. what? Who? Where am I? Did I do? And yeah. then she's
1: also like, oh, my God, that guy? She was kind of pissed at first. Yeah,
0: I think so. Are we allowed to say the word pissed on this Christian podcast? Yeah, of course. That's not a bad word. We make the rules. Okay. So, okay. Anyway, so again, (laughs) let's not get bogged down in the weeds. But the one thing that I want to say about this is that, um, so, you know, like she wakes up, they're married, blah, blah, blah. And so she starts Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, well, when are you going to come for your payment? Yeah, your payment or your 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 marital, what is it called? (laughs) Oh, um, con... Conjugal rights. No, conjugal is, no, 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 that's not. Conjugal what rights
1: is when you're in prison. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> those are conjugal visits. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, consummate. Are you gonna consummate the marriage? Yeah, oh, yeah, Okay, that's. that's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I those was. were adjacent
0: words. <laughs> yeah, and gone. he made
1: fun of me for saying paradise,
0: and you just said conjugal. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, that's what. Well, anyways, okay. So, and he is. um
1: and literally, right. he's like, he's like, I don't want that from like he yeah. basically like he he tells her in a way that, that doesn't I, he
0: tell her like whenever it will mean something to yes, you. Yes, because he
1: explains to her that that's yeah. not. I don't know if he explains to her in this because honestly, some of these like moments of Michael teaching her things and starting to love her it kind of it, runs together. It does kind of yes. run together, and honestly, we could spend six hours talking yes. about this book. So, but obviously, we won't. But. I think the one thing to point out is he's on from the beginning when he saves her pays purchases Uh her he does not treat her like property no literally he does not treat her like an object of his desire and affection he treats her like a human and a woman and literally he is the one who shows her that there's a desire of a husband and a wife, but that like it's not about one just pleasing the other, and he basically tells her that that's not how it's supposed to be, which is contrary to everything she's known in her whole life. So she he talks he's about crazy, yeah, yeah, because he talks about how in the Bible, I think he references Song of Solomon that it's like they will take pleasure from each other or something like that. Like he references that, and she's like so um, shocked by that because in yeah. her mind, how does that even make sense? And how does that because that's not the story yeah. that. not just like her life as a prostitute has told her, like her entire existence has told her that men only want certain things from women and that women just have
0: to give it to them. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, Anyways, okay, so the thing I wanted to say was there's a quote in here. That's okay. So, and as she's like falling asleep, like she kind of wakes up and falls back asleep, wakes up and falls back asleep. And the one thing that she says that I wrote down, she's like, you and God better not expect much. She mumbled as she's falling back asleep. And like he says, I want everything and that is like to me such a like and that doesn't really mean anything to her in that moment but like as the reader you're just like oh man like it just feels so impactful oh it does yeah where he's coming from versus where Mm -hmm. she's coming from are so different okay so let's skip forward a little bit because like you said there's a lot of him nursing her back to health and her her resisting and yeah teaching her slowly how to cook how to like do little things all the while yes. while her broken ribs are healing. Yes, exactly. So he uh, takes her up she to act- the hillside. Okay, yeah. can we talk about he that? He shows moment? her the life he wants to give
1: her. Can we talk about like that moment? Absolutely. The hillside. Okay. Yeah. So the first time they on go chapter, up to the
0: hillside.
1: Um, that's on chapter. Er, oh, no, I just—it's right here. Eleven.
0: One page one forty. Mara, that's the life I want to give you. Well,
1: also, but like leading up to that, like she literally is like because she has a bad dream about the duke. She won't tell him about it, and then he. Is literally like In the middle of the night, they yes. go for this And he's like, yeah. come. Yes. And so one thing that really struck me on page 137, she literally is like, so, like, she doesn't want to go. And she's like, where are you taking me? It's the middle of the night. Because she is even starting to feel safe with him mm-hmm. in their bed. So she's starting to feel safe because I think it's actually a place where she can rest for the first time in mm-hmm. her life. Because I feel like that was, that whole every room she's ever lived in has meant something else to her. And so I think for her, she's actually able to rest. But but then it was so interesting. So like in the middle of the page, she's literally like mad. and She's like, take me back um, to, to the house. And he was like, not until you see what I have to show you. She goes, even if you have to drag me, unless you'd rather ride over my shoulder. And she jerked her hands free. She's like, go on ahead. He goes, all right. Angel swung around to go back, but couldn't see the cabin or the barn through, through, through the trees. When she turned around, she couldn't see Jose either. And Jose either and panicked. Wait, she cried out. Wait, Michael caught a hold of her. He felt her shaking and drew her into his arms. I'm not going to leave you in the darkness. And I thought that was so interesting that that's the phrase that he used because it was literally dark for her. And even though like her life was dark like she was actually starting to see a way forward even though part of her is kind of always plotting at this point to like when can she leave and like now she has skills to live on her own and so she's yeah. like well mm-hmm. what can i take from him and then kind of move on which again is what she's been taught her exactly. whole life and so what the fact that that, that in a moment she's so like caught up in the, her own humanity that she's like wait wait because she gets scared and lost mm-hmm. and he literally says I'm not going to leave you in darkness and then he like kisses her and then he says when are you going to understand that I love you and so like sometimes I think that that like that is because we all know that that like the picture of how he loves her throughout this book is a parallel of how God loves us in our brokenness and so and that think, is such a picture of yes us oh, 100% Christ. Right here is like, I'm not gonna leave you in darkness. And when are you gonna understand, even in your, our brokenness and even in the parts that like, we're he's trying everything and we're resisting and we're angry and we're mad that we're not back in the place that we deem better, yeah. even though it wasn't. Cause like, she literally, talks about like and sometimes the way she thinks about paradise it's like well it's better than this cause like she has raggedy clothes and whatever and she got like the finest underwear and whatever but Mm -hmm. like she was selling herself but it's just lies she's telling it's 100% lies that she's telling herself and so I think that that's such an interesting thing when you're like thinking about it and looking at
0: it beautiful parallel
1: a a picture like it literally just struck me like I'm not going to leave you in the darkness like literally in that moment she's in the darkness but he's also using it as a metaphor for like I'm not gonna leave you and just let you go where you were like you're with me now so anyways
0: a couple other key things happen before we get into the fear yes un- until we end yes. part one when part before part yeah. one ends there's a couple yes. more key yes. moments so the first key moment is they do have sex for the yes. first time yes and I mean, then and we'll talk about all these uh, they have sex and then she her first attempt to run away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh my god her Ooh. first attempt to run away she doesn't do it and then we meet mm-hmm. paul um, can we also Do talk we about? Wait, we meet Paul in this section. Yes, session? yes, we meet Paul, oh. Oh. and she runs okay. away with okay. Paul, and then pays in this section. Oh my gosh, that all happens yes. before, before the fear. end of the first section. I will say. That- The
1: one thing, yeah, we're, we're, we're just going to finish this. So we got about like maybe another 15 minutes and we'll, let's go wrap. Um, One thing I do want to say when she runs away for the first time is
0: that like. Wait, the, the true running away or the, her trying to run away Mm -hmm. and then coming back home when, when her boots fall in the river. Did anyone else find that almost like a comedic relief moment when she's, when her boots come off. And she, you can just picture her hanging over the bank, yes. trying to yes. grab her boots out of and the And she finally gives up and she's just walking barefoot. And then,
1: Michael like sees Because she doesn't have a shoehorn, um, so just, she doesn't have
0: her boots yeah. back on without yeah. a shoehorn. I just found that to be a little comedic. Really well,
1: funny. I, also then Michael finds out when so he rides on a horse and finds her, and because he finds her shoes, so he like picks up her right. shoes. And then literally, he like gets off the horse and gives her her shoes back. And is like, okay, well, paradise, 30 miles that way. Home, home is, is like one mile this, this way. way. Like you decide. And yeah. then she's like so angry okay and then she comes home and then she thinks because again based on her conditioning the very idea of her life is like oh people don't want to do anything good for me you know they only want things for me so so she comes back and then he literally like boils hot water and rubs her sore feet and like yeah. takes care of
0: her and he washes like, her feet, feet. yes he like feet. friggin jesus he washes <laughs> well because michael's and obviously a terrible the whole jesus. way back yes. she's thinking here i'm walking into another form of slavery and she's yeah. there and she knows he's gonna be she she thinks she knows he's gonna yes. be mad even though he's never done that to her, her. Yeah. exactly that's not in his character his nature no. at all no and then so i have that quote written down i'm sure you guys do too but when she says why do you do this for me? Yeah. She's sitting there, he's like just washing her feet and then he said because for some of us 1 mile can be further to walk than 30. And that's Ooh. just so good and you're we just like, "Oh, wow." Man. <laughs> okay, first of all, super quick, I'm not going to go back far but there were actually two things that I found problematic. Okay. In, okay, in talk some about of this, or that felt problematic to me. Okay, go ahead. Um so in chapter 11 when he's doing the whole Middle of the night, they're gonna see the sun sunrise, all of that stuff. He says something to her, um, and he says, It's got to be my way or none at all. Okay. And it was in reference to, you know, whatever, all of this other stuff. So to me, the way that was phrased, and even the way that he handled, like, he was to me being a little bit like Misogynistic. rough and abrupt. Um, In that moment, she Mm -hmm. had woken up from a nightmare. And to be fair, like she didn't want to go. And if he'd have been gentle, she probably wouldn't have gone. So I understand that. But for me, that moment felt a little bit bit problematic. Mm -hmm. And it felt a bit like a power imbalance. Mm -hmm. Like her whole life had been men using power imbalances against her. And so to me, in that moment, Michael Hosea is doing a much lesser version, but a little bit of the same thing. And this was one of the first moments where, for me, I looked at that and I said, okay, part of that could potentially be a romance trope. Because especially in the 90s, uh, okay. what was a very big deal in romance, a big trend in romance novels is the alpha male. Hmm. Um, the, you know, pick her up, throw her over her shoulder like a sack of potatoes, beat my chest, alpha male. Okay. And Michael Hosea is not that. But in that moment, that's kind of, to me, how it translated. When to me, it's very much like, how, like, why are you doing this when every other male in her entire life has done a similar thing? Now, you obviously have good intentions. He had good intentions. But I felt like the way it was executed was, to me, was extremely jarring. And I was like, uncomfortable with it. I was like, no, don't go with him. Not if he's going to talk to you like that. But I think part of that was potentially a romance trope holdover. Or I was sense. thinking that moments like that because I agree because he mm-hmm. says it again,
1: I think, when she is attempting to run away. Mm-hmm. And he's like basically like, well, if you come back, it has to be done my way. You know what I'm saying? Yes. As if this whole time she hadn't been doing – do you know what I'm saying? And, yes, yeah, some of it was like his way was teaching her. Right. And his but way like, is but like, like
0: we're – Respecting the you know Yes. We're – I'm going to respect you. We're yes. only going to have sex when it means something. Like, yes. all of these things are well, good no, things.
1: But that was interesting because when I read that, it almost felt like – because something I did appreciate about this book is that you see Michael's struggle as mm-hmm. a human because I think that yes. it could be argued that when an author depicts a human as, like, kind of that godly character to represent a trait of God, that, yes, we're all made in God's image. But at the same time, I liked the fact that it didn't. he didn't feel perfect. And so, yes, that, that like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you saw his struggles and there was times when, like, he knew she wasn't ready for sex or something. And he would kind of temper his own desires as a man in order to understand that, like, this had to mean something to her beyond. Do you know what I'm saying? But then, yes. So, I was wondering if that was one of those moments, do you know what I'm saying? Where it, it felt more like him totally succumbing to, like, his fleshly... Male, like, I
0: am man, you know, type of thing. You know, I don't know. Yeah, th- and, and, and I hear what you're saying, yes. but also, pardon me, the idea of, like, oh, like, it was so hard for him to not have sex with her. No, no. Poor that- man. You're just like, I don't care. Like, this girl's gone through so much, like, that doesn't make him, like... No, no. A I just mean person. no, no, no. What I meant is, I appreciate the fact that
1: like the way she wrote him wasn't perfection. No, I wasn't agree. that that like everything that he did was like flawless. And yes. Because okay, so like if you think about it, if this is representing God's love and Christ's love for yeah. us, Christ's love is perfect. And so the right, fact that like right. you saw his human yes. struggles, and there was a couple times no, right, where throughout absolutely. the book it alludes to him wanting he's so angry at her that he wants
0: to hit her, and he walks yes, away. That was also very uncomfortable. <laughs> but. But real, also, too, real, I, I also guess. appreciate I just,
1: the fact that mm. even when he, like, did something, it wasn't to the point yes. of the pain. I'm not saying that I, I dislike the fact that he was like, it's my way or whatever. Yeah. But, like, because I also think for some reason in my mind, the way that he said that was, like, not his normal tone of voice. For some reason, it had a song on, <laughs> you know? But I do think perhaps it was showing his humanity even though i'm not agreeing because yeah. but i just wonder if that because i appreciate the the fact that i didn't think of michael as this superhuman who i would put on a pedestal no, yes
0: yes i agree with that
1: and so i agree that i did not like yes. that and i think it was unnecessary because also you married it but also he was following god like it wasn't yes. necessarily his choice even though he was struck by her beauty to
0: marry her so he was following god's voice yes so the other thing that i wanted to say um the first time they do have sex because you get um her kind of like what page is that on for the readers too? lord i don't know it was in chapter 12 chapter 12 yeah i don't remember um but you get her um you get her kind of background thoughts seven 158 yeah okay. and so you know what's You know what's happening. This is, I'm 100% not gonna get into anything personal, but this was possibly a little bit triggering for me, I -hmm. think is maybe what I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. Because you get her, um, her, like, her defenses are starting to come down. And she's starting to feel for Michael, which she has not, like, this has not happened for her, especially not in the area of physical intimacy. Okay? So you start to get her, like, leave, you're uncomfortable. This is bad. What's going on? You but you hear as the reader, you're seeing. Yes. yes. Right. Uh-huh. And so for me, that mm-hmm. was a, a bit triggering and then extremely difficult because it made it feel non-consensual. Mm-hmm. It made that whole mm-hmm. sex scene to me, it like it definitely wasn't sexy, but like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it made it feel non-consensual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like every other sex scene that she had. And I don't feel like you're supposed to feel that way with Michael. But it was at the same time, it was also very impactful because you understand what's going on. I think that Francine Rivers did what she had to do as an author. Because like you need to see Angel's defenses coming down. You need to see that. But that was extremely difficult for me to read because mm-hmm. it felt like a non-consensual sexual encounter with her husband. And that is like you're like, that's not supposed to happen. What's going on? That she shouldn't be feeling this way with Michael Hosea. Like she shouldn't be feeling violated like that. Yeah. Well So that was actually. This is pretty also difficult, the first time
1: that he calls her Teritza. Terza. 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 Wow. Terza Terizah. Um And that means um, pleasing. So yeah. part of me thinks that also, is is it also like a metaphor? Because I think that the names that she's called throughout this book is interesting. But I think that perhaps this meaning of it is that, um, I don't know if I can fully articulate this well, but I, I wonder if like because it means pleasing, it's also that like she's starting to feel, be pleased and in herself and in mm-hmm. what the, the word around her because I, I can totally see how like depending on your view and your experiences how this kind of page 157 to 158 would feel differently to different people I mm-hmm. thought it was also though like she was so bitter and defensive defenseless that all but she wouldn't even say his name and yeah. that which could feel forceful do you know what I'm saying so I totally understand that but yeah. then like she says his name and then you know obviously it leads to more but I just think that like it's possible that like but I, I could understand how that would be under. Yeah. also right. the lens yes. that, that someone could see this. And I, I do think too, one thing I wanted to mention on this first episode is that um, there are, and we did some research, especially, um, I know I did, we talked as a group kind of about there are some controversial things as Christian readers about this that some people experience and I think that some of it is moments like sex this. Sex on the page. Sex yes. Sex on the Page, even though it doesn't say things um like yeah. a romance book would, it definitely has a lot more sex than a lot of Christian books do. But also if you think about her story, her past mm-hmm. and some people think it brings up issues like child trafficking, child prostitution, like all it these does things, bring up those things. <laughs> that are unnecessary. Um yeah in a retelling of Hosea, but I think without that, I think you wouldn't understand her, and you would be sympathetic to her mm-hmm. journey, yeah. and so I think that it's, it's it's just interesting how, like, you can also tell in, in these moments, too, like, where it kind of veers from traditional Christian yes. fiction, because traditional Christian fiction romance tends to be, like, very, like, if they kiss... <laughs> Or if they look at each other in <laughs> in the eyes, that's like the most romance <laughs> oh, you're gonna get. The climax. Oh man, yeah, they gotta literally. get married now. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna put a ring on it. So I just uh, think it's the idea of this book yes. being so such a departure for that. I think to be fair, brings up issues that other Christian books don't do. But I also think it brings up issues that maybe Christian books, other Christian books, should bring up, but don't. And so she does it so willingly yeah. throughout all the pages that it's
0: just such an interesting. Hmm. So, I'll just say about this first little sexual encounter between the two of them, I agree with Morgan that it is hard to read, and it reads oddly, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you do feel, like, uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. um, and you feel like Angel's doing something that she doesn't want to do, but I think... um, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that, right. that, that, it, that it feels yeah. that way. I definitely don't like that. Um, but I also like try to put myself there and think a, a sexual relationship with one man, like after yes, all that, that life after, experience, yeah. like nothing about growing that aspect of a relationship is going to be pretty. Mm -hmm. in the beginning. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much hurt. There's so much trauma. There's so much pain that she's going to have to work through and that Mm -hmm. Michael's going to have to work through with her even though he doesn't have any of that. Yes. Like, oh, that's going to be so ugly to work through and to Mm -hmm. grow into something that's beautiful. So I can... Also, I can see and agree with what you said that Francine Rivers did what she needed to do Mm -hmm. as an Mm -hmm. author to communicate that in a way that... In the way that she did. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I'm going to be completely honest. I, like, when I read this the first time, I, like, didn't pick up on the fact that they were having sex for the first time.
0: Because it's very subtle. Because they're just just having
1: a conversation. Yes. 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 But then when I read it the second time, I totally picked up on it because I feel like you're so captured by, like, what's (laughs) happening. You're trying to, like, figure out what's next. When I read it the second time, I was like, oh, and you almost (laughs) have a different reaction because at first it seems kind of sweet. And also, like, having this conversation, and I think that's the value of having conversations about... Books that you read and experience yeah. with friends because also, like, I think that also he kept saying that he wanted to be pleasurable for both of them. He was teaching her that, and then some of it feels like, but was now the time, or was now him just <laughs> right, leaning right, into right. the idea that, like, yeah. they had this moment where he, he you, you know, he was like captured by her beauty, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, like, so part of he thinks too that, like, as an author, she wrote this because it was what the story needed, but as the reader, you can feel surprised and also like not sure that you read what you read and also like oh that was uncomfortable because it doesn't feel like this powerful moment but to to madeline's point perhaps it's because of her past that this is why francine rivers felt the need to write the first time in this way that wasn't this like i think you
0: had yes yes, i think you had to in order to see um, in order to truly believe and see the care, the growth arc that yeah. Angel has to go through from the beginning of the book, if she had loved the beginning it, trauma, we wouldn't have believed. it. We wouldn't have believed Absolutely. it. There's no. no way because then that's that that is also a romance trope where it's like. Oh, I've never, you know, I've never experienced any sort of pleasurable sexual encounter my whole life, and all of a sudden one person comes along God, no, with their you. magical whatever, no. and all <laughs> of a sudden, no, this is perfect. I would have put the book down at that point, no, because I would have picked up on that the first time, yes. and I'd have been like, mm, I don't know about this. Okay, so I'm actually, I think we should actually stop here because yes. I have a ton of things to say about Paul, and I we could think tie them into we, yes. Should, we yes. should yes, now that has been an hour and and a half. I
1: Half of wow this has been so good um, we ride. also so this
0: is part one friends Yeah,
1: this part one I
0: think we if also you're thought are still going,
1: with <laughs> us <laughs> we applaud you and um, thank what you for this Rupert? journey yeah um, also this felt like no time to us so I, no, I think this means agorized. that we're doing the right thing um, but we want to say thank you sincerely for joining us even if it was for a short of this and you skipped through t- to the <laughs> end um, or that you saw that it was an hour and 30 some minutes long and stayed on um, thank you so so much and next week um or ne- not next week sorry next episode um we will be talking about part two yes so thank you so much join us again join us again yeah
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Follow
1: us on Instagram at Redeeming Lit Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify so you don't miss
0: any episodes. If you have any questions or book recommendations, email us at redeeminglitpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep, keep it lit! lit.